There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, if you do I. Right now on the Power Chord Hour, we are talking to musician Bobby Vaughn, formerly the frontman of The Promise Hero and former guest here on this show. And uh, Bobby just released his debut solo EP on TDR Records, and we're going to talk new music with him, going solo, and just you know all about his uh, his really impressive career. We're going to get all into that right now. Bobby, man, how you doing? I'm doing well. It's so good to be here. Thank you for having me back. And I know it's been a while, but... Uh... It feels like it was just yesterday, the last time we were talking. Yeah, I, I've been very, uh, I've been looking forward to have you back on. I couldn't believe it. I think it's been like four years at this point. It was like 2000. No. Yeah, like 2017, <laughs> like four years. Long, long ass time. I, I always forget about the one year pandemic. I always forget to include that when I'm trying. I'm trying to remember how long something was <laughs> ago. Yeah, actually, you know what? Yeah, if we don't count that year. And I, th- I say we don't. I say that year doesn't count. I'd say three years then. I, I honestly I honestly feel like when you stopped in Cleveland, I feel like that was right before the pandemic hit. <laughs> oh, my God. And in between that. That's how much that, I've been doing. <laughs> oh, gee. And in between that, I, I lived in a whole different state and moved back. I, I, I moved away and moved back. And we had a pandemic. Yeah. And you went well, solo. And you went solo, yeah. too. <laughs> uh, it, it honestly i think i had so much fun when we were together that one night in cleveland that, was a good time. Uh, that that it honestly it it's it really feels like that was one of the last times i was at a bar uh, my brother was a bartender so i felt like i owned the place and i don't know if i ever went back there after that one night and so it really feels like that was just yesterday <laughs> damn and then I remember, I think the best part of all of that was, if I'm not mistaken, we went and stood on the stage at the Grog Shop, which was very oh, yeah. nice. As, as I'm sure you've done that. Actually, you have, because I've seen you on it, but I've never mm-hmm. stood on said stage. And that was that was an honor, even if I was just standing up there looking like an ass. It was still an yeah. honor to be on the stage. Well, so when we were down at B-Side, we went back up and it was, I think it was the end of the night. So like, there's still people hanging out, drinking at the Grog's bar. But yeah, it's so much fun to just kind of hop up there and and see the view and and just feel that energy that other artists uh might have felt just by standing under those lights and you know feeling the stage curtains whatever it is i got that leftover we got we got that like residual like whatever they like left left behind on there (laughs) whoever whoever played we got we got whatever they left upon that whatever uh, whatever smells yes (laughs) i I think it was the melvins too actually if i'm i'm jogging my memory back to this night yeah I think it was so the, prob- the Melvins. Probably probably hot, sweaty up there, and yeah, we probably just breathed all that in. And that dude's really that crazy, his curly hair. I'm sure that like crazy, <laughs> weird curly hair thing he has going on. But yeah, uh-huh. that, that was four years ago, three if we don't count the that last year, whatever the hell that was. So like, I mean, to like kick this off, when we were talking, I mean, you were still doing stuff under the Promise Hero, but I mean, talking to you last time, it, it seemed very much like you were transitioning into kind of doing your own thing, doing more of like a solo kind of thing. So, I mean, like in between then and now, you know, like, like when did you kind of finally go, all right, it, it's time to just kind of do that. You're going to do this under your own name. And I mean, basically kind of go solo from, you know, what you were doing in the promise hero. 
So I don't know how far to back up, but I guess after Wait for the Sun in 2008, when the when um, Dan Weiss and Frank Feeney, the drummer, kind of said, we're not going to do the band as much anymore, I thought to myself, what do I do? I had people telling me in 2000, I think it was right after that we toured a little bit. So it was like 2010, people started saying, just go by your own name. And since then, it's been building up courage to, to, to do it because I feel like as soon as I release something under my name, I have to take all the responsibility and, <laughs> and it's, there's not, nothing to hide under, you know, there's no, um, you know, I could say, well, maybe it was who I was working with at the time, but no, as Bobby Vaughn, I am 100% responsible. I feel like, uh, you don't like anything about me or if you love me it's like then good i've been working hard and i'm, I'm ready to to uh take that responsibility nice yeah i and i and i guess there is i i could see where you're coming from there where it's like yeah if it's under a name it's like i don't know the other dude wrote it or like like whatever like some guy you know <laughs> our, our old guitar player wrote that song or whatever so i i can i can see where there'd be some uh added added pressure from there so far but there's as it, also there's so much good as well i don't want to i don't want to not put any spotlight on that there's so much good it just gets scary i guess it, it it's almost like i was in a relationship and i got dumped by the two guys that left the band and felt like well we were working so hard on this and i don't know if if whoever i find to to join the band is gonna have the same energy it's like there's so much good that comes out of having so many people too it's it's just that i got scared when when i lost the two that i was like i know i have to go solo but i just i'm i'm building up the courage how how's it how's it been so far? Has it been a pretty smooth transition then going going from <laughs> Prom Zero to Bobby Vaughn? If you think about ten years of, of telling myself every day I can do this, it it's the easiest transition. If you give yourself ten years. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean it really did, because like I, I know when, when we were talking, I mean I think even at that point you were like I think maybe in the live setting you were still maybe doing doing both if I'm like remembering correctly. Like you do you do stuff yourself and then sometimes you have like someone else like up there with you. But it, I mean, even Absolutely. even back then, it seemed like you were basically, yeah, you were definitely like inching towards, all right, this is this is now my thing. You know, it's not it's not so much like a full band thing. It's like, all right, this is this is my baby or my project, you know. Absolutely. I, I honestly I felt like I was standing at a swimming pool, dipping my toe in like, come on, I could do this. I could do this. I could jump in and just go by my name. But uh uh, yeah, and and all the times I had friends jump on to to play shows or tours, they were always my good friends, and I could tell that there were people that I've played with that genuinely wanted to be part of it, and and co-writes, and we just had so much fun. But I just thought I don't want to keep adding to something that I feel like I've already kind of stepped away from mentally in a way. That may, that makes sense. I mean, also kind of progressing from that, because like, how many years then? How many years did you go under? Not just, I mean, you go under the Promise Hero, but like, just that band. Like, how many years did that exist all together then? Two thousand six to uh, it's. It, I never really said the Promise Hero is over. So. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> but 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 you're right. I never thought about it. Um, I guess with Bobby Vaughn launching just now yesterday, um, you know if. I could see Promise Hero reunions happening where there's members in town or members that want to play shows together. I could absolutely be down to do that. But um, I 
you're you're making me think about something I haven't thought about. That's that's awesome. Damn, I hope I'm not saying like like saying shit then yeah that like like you don't you don't mean yeah I guess I was just assuming you were kind of done with that. So yeah, don't listen to me cuz I'm No, it like I'm <laughs> no, it's cool. Okay. Well, here's another here's another thing to think about. Here's another uh someone that I was looking up to through this entire process is someone that I got to work for as a roadie, Andrew McMahon. That's there's nice. a, there's someone that I'm looking up to as far as how they're going forward. They're playing he plays Jack's Mannequin, something corporate. And he mixes all those songs in every set list he does today still. So I, I always thought that after this transition, I will continue to play Promise Hero songs as long as people want to hear them. And um, I think Andrew McMahon still does something corporate reunions. I'm pretty sure he just did one um, or at least a Jack's Mannequin one. And I I always thought whatever he does, I, he's I'm using him as my like, he's someone I look up to as far as how to continue working on something like this. He seems to be good at that. I feel like he's handled that well. Cause I forget, I always forget how many different things he's done where at the end of the day, I mean, even though, you know, it, it's him on all of those things. Like, yeah, I totally forget. It's like something corporate mm-hmm. Jack's mannequin, his solo, you know what I mean? Like you start thinking of it all. It's like, Oh wow. Like, yeah, he's really, it's kind of like your whole body of work. And same with you. That, that totally makes sense. Cause you were singing those songs and writing them. Like, why not? why not continue to play them? You know, I mean, that, that right. makes sense. Plus I feel like the EP too is kind of a continuation also, you know, like progression as well, but like a continuation of what you've been doing. So it doesn't, you know, it's not very left field in a way where I don't think those songs would all fit together in a set. You know, you could still play promise hero songs and I feel like they'd fit good with what you're doing right now. Thank you. Absolutely. I, uh, again, looking at, at Andrew McMahon and just kind of modeling what I see him doing and feeling like that, that's exactly what I want to do. Um, there are, with that being said, there is a promise hero release that has one of the new songs on it. I don't know if you heard the, you probably heard, maybe I'm just crazy. I'm sure I've sent it to you. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. I, years ago, years ago, I, I started demoing that. Song. Yeah. I was going to say, so, we've played that on here before. I've definitely played it on the show. Um, that was a song that I did. Um, randomly at Will Pugh's studio when I just hit him up and asked if he would want to do a song together. And when I recorded that, I had no, I didn't know what to do with that song because I was like, this is Bobby Vaughn. I want this to be on my first Bobby Vaughn album, but I still didn't know what my plans were. And that was 2000. I'm afraid to say, I think it was 2016. I started recording. Maybe I'm just crazy. (laughs) So it's been, yeah, it's been a while in the, uh, but you know what though? I get to why that song's hung around because it's very, it's very catchy and I see where you're going with it. It kind of goes with that progression again of like going from the promise here to just Bobby Vaughn because I feel like it's, it's a little bit of both. It's the past. I mean, there's on obviously because it was a promise here, a song too, but it's like you have Mm -hmm. what you guys did in the past, but it still kind of was, I feel like progressing more to the kind of like, I don't know if I want to say singer songwriter towards Mm. what you're doing now like i don't know what word i'd use but like you know i i I think it goes to like it works with what you're doing now and it worked with what you were doing then i think saying not knowing what word is the biggest compliment ever because (laughs) that makes me feel like oh maybe i did something that you know it's It's i I like the idea i like that thank you yeah i can't um, i can't put words to it it, the toughest thing for me is to uh to hear my songs these new ones and 
close my eyes and imagine what the perfect concert looks like. Cause am I, I don't, it's like, do I, what instrument would, would I play live? Do I see this more as a, a loud rock thing like the album? I think so. But then who's on stage? With, it's like, there's so many questions still today that I, I'm wondering myself, you know, <laughs> I was what, wondering those as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, with that being said, it, it is kind of just happening without putting, I guess the thought process that is that I'm going to sit down and, and figure it out, but it's not, it's like the grog shop hit me up and said, we have, there's a, a like a gig at, at um, someplace nearby. It's like a, a, a place where people shop. What's it called? A shopping center, something like that. But there's a stage and they, they're looking for a band and, and they asked if I would want to do it. And I'm like, sure. And they're like, do you have a full band? I'm like, I could probably put one together. So just, Getting pulled into it is kind of helping me figure it out, you know, whether or not I have uh, um, the time to figure it out. It's like, oh, I, I just got to do it. So yeah, I, got, I, got fr- I got friends, friends that I, I want to call and ask. So that the closer the show date approaches, the more I'm going to just, OK, let's do it. <laughs> it's a good thing if you have people in mind. I feel like that's a good thing. And I also get that like. I could see where, where that would be a good push right now. You know what I mean? Like it, like it makes you, it makes you go do those things. It's like you have to figure out what your live setting will be. You'll have to figure out if it's going to be you in a band and you know what you want to do with all that. So that's probably not bad at all. That has that happened yeah. yet? Or is this like a future show? It's uh, something I think in July, I know got the day got moved once and it's, I don't think it's something that I'm going to, uh, you know, announce to all the people following me around the whole country. It's just more of like a local thing. And I thought this would be amazing testing grounds for uh, seeing what what it could be like if I put a full band together for for these new songs. Nice. That and I mean it makes sense because there. I mean you have the you have the full band on those songs on the EP and stuff. So I mean I feel like plus they're versatile though because you could also I feel like the songs that even do have a full band you could still get away with just you and a piano. You, I feel like there, you can go either way. Yes, and with the pandemic there are some. Uh, interesting things that have happened i'm sure that's the one thing i was thinking about before we got in the phone calls like i don't there's so many things i could talk about myself but it's like it's so crazy to think about how all of us are you know one whole year of just uh trial and error almost you know for the people that couldn't go to work the people that had to stay home for me as a musician that was just kind of home a lot i was like okay let's see what happens if i put a microphone up to my cajon sit on the cajon use a looper pedal plug that into a looper pedal and build rhythms and drum drum beats it's like that's becoming something that i'm like maybe that could be my show i'm just jamming at home you know and coming up with these ways to make a full sounding as much as i could full sounding uh performance and so i'm thinking maybe this is something i could do on stage that's kind of neat it's like you're making your own like backing band kind of Right. And I, I can't say that I came up with this idea myself because another another artist I got to work for is is the king at, at making his own beats. Uh, I, I was a roadie for Shaky Graves, who who has his suitcase behind him. And that's his that's his shtick. It's so awesome. If you've ever seen him live, he hits that that suitcase kick drum pedal behind him like it's it's backwards, like it just looks cool. And when he hits it, the whole venue just shakes just huge sounding that's cool i like that because it's a neat like alternative like basically to your problem like all right i need a band but it's just me what do i do and i mean that's that's a really great way around it where it's like that it's i don't know it's really interesting i'll have to look up a video of doing that 
Yeah, it's he, when I started working for him, it was more of his uh, tour manager that asked if I needed a job. And then when I got to see what what all this uh, uh, excitement was about, you know, big shows, I'm like, who is this guy um, that he needs to hire just a random guy to help? Um, I was just inspired. I am a fan. And uh, another that's just it's so cool that I get these opportunities to like work where it sounds like it's going to be kind of painful all day work but i come out of it feeling so inspired to work on my own music it now do you try do you plan Sorry. like oh no so you're you're fine man uh like after the pandemic like when shows come back i mean is that something you think you'll probably get back into doing kind of going back on the road with other bands it's such a fork in the road <clears throat> such a fork in the road the road excuse me because uh there is so much that comes out of working for bands um one being uh, paying the bills, two being in a field that I want to be in, and uh, three getting to see how artists bigger than myself do 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 their thing and and how they do it, what looks so successful, and um, then of course the the downside is uh, I try to work my hardest which means wake up and do whatever i can to make this artist have the best day ever and then go to bed thinking about what i could do tomorrow to make their day even better it's like that's not working on myself at all (laughs) (laughs) yeah i could i could see where that could become an issue i i could absolutely i could definitely see that because i mean yeah because if you're in the same field you know and you're writing your own music as well yeah trying to like balance that like time with both of them so I, i i can see where uh the pros and the pros and cons of that and then not to mention the relationships I've, I've uh, at home and with the guys that I'm on tour with the band, you know, if, if I was ever to go out with shaky graves, if they ever asked me back, it's like, those are my friends. I love being with them. And it's, it doesn't feel like work at all when you're working with people you want to hang out with. So yeah, that has to be a fun yeah. time. I'm, I'm sure that has to be a, a, like you were saying, that's a job that's like that. That's a lot more fun than the uh, average job. Um, maybe <laughs> you might maybe. find it interesting. You might find it interesting to know what I've been up to, to try to help make ends meet at home. I've, uh, well, since the pandemic started, I got engaged. Oh, congratulations. Thank you so much. And, uh, my fiance, Toby is a teacher at a school and they have, I guess they're, they were like the perfect um, example of how to have uh, in-class uh, students and do it the right way. I guess everybody was applauding the school at how safe they were this whole pandemic. And next thing you know, I could use a few hours of work, and here I am, sub- substitute teaching at the school occasionally. And oh, nice. uh, <laughs> there are so many things that I uh, feel like are coming out of being in this role as a substitute teacher that I'm like, I can't wait to do this at a concert, like how to talk (laughs) better on stage or how to just talk to people in general. And, you know, it's, there's so many things that I'm, I'm just grateful for about the the substitute teacher position. Flip side of that. (laughs) Do you feel like there was anything you brought from kind of doing the tour managing and like that kind of stuff, bringing that into like the classroom? Do you feel like you applied any of that stuff? That was what made saying to my fiance, Yes, I want to substitute that being on the road, um, especially a merch guy for Shaky Graves. 
uh, when he did, you know, I don't know, 800 cap rooms sold out and they're around me at the merch table. It's like, that was my practice for talking to kids in a classroom. <laughs> you know, it's like, everybody shut up. I know you're drunk and I'll get to you one at a time. <laughs> yeah, it worked perfectly. No, I, I didn't. I never talked like that in the classroom, but just that, that uh, type of experience. That that's funny, but I I could totally see where you could uh where you could apply that there. It's cool too that you found a way to apply it during this, you know, during a time where you can't get out there with shows and like like with the pandemic and everything. I wanted to ask too, speak or speaking of the the goddamn pandemic, writing <laughs> writing the songs for the EP. I mean, I know I know maybe I'm just crazy has been uh, floating around there for a while, but were any of these written during the pandemic or were these songs written pre pandemic? I think I uh, they, they were definitely all written, definitely written, but they were still in the oven in the studio mixer. Um, and I think the pandemic started, and I was just finishing getting back the the final mixes. Oh, okay, um, so that was like right, right as it was starting. But I did start recording these songs. Like I said, I mentioned uh, I started recording. Maybe I'm just crazy in 2016 with Will Pugh. And um, <clears throat> the other songs were recorded between 2016. And I think I finished recording in 2019, maybe the beginning of the, the very beginning of 2020. That's when everything finished recording um, because I just took my time. I took my time because I didn't know what my plan was to release and who I was going to uh, work with, even to, to record with, mix some of the songs. And TDR Records has been my friend forever. And he was kind of by my side the entire process saying, if you want, we could do TDR Records to help push this together as a release. Or I could... You know, he there's times where he mentioned maybe just release it yourself with his helping hand. And um, that was an option that, you know, maybe I just don't have a label behind it. But I guess ultimately TDR and and I want to do whatever I can to, to continue growing. And so I guess where we landed was having his his label on it and working together and and it, it's awesome because it's bringing people to tdr um to the other bands on tdr that are you know promise hero listeners and it's kind of crossing cross exchanging all of the uh the promotion stuff so it, it's really nice no that, that's awesome mike uh mike is a great dude tdr is a uh, is a very rad label how like what release number is this for you on there i mean i know like promise hero you put all the stuff out there on a yeah. TDR. Mike has been so generous with helping release stuff that I think we have two releases on TDR records that was uh, influenced by Mike's uh, ideas. He's, I think um, there's that Promise Hero release called It's Been a Summer. And that was Mike coming to me saying, hey, we have all these demos can we just release this as a TDR release? And I, and I, I jaw dropped because <laughs> I'm just so lost. I'm so ADD. I'm so not sure what my first step should be in any direction that when he came to me with something like that, it just, you know, it just feels like the biggest 
hug, comfy, <laughs> loving hug in the moment that I, I needed it. So with that being said, I don't know how many releases. I think we have um, the first EP, self-titled Promise Hero EP, uh, Wait for the Sun, Okay Cool was the, the five-song EP, and then we did Deja Vu, Full Length, then after that, I get a little foggy. Um, we released, um, it's been a summer, but I think either before that or right after that, we did another release of demos. <clears throat> I'm so, there's nothing more like uh, flattering, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word, but nothing makes me feel so, nothing makes my head bigger. How about that? <laughs> than Mike saying, all of your demos I want to release. And to me, all the <laughs> demos that he has that he released, that was like my dirty Kleenexes and him saying like, <laughs> you know, that's how it feels. <laughs> I honestly though, like, like I see where he's coming from because the demos are cleaned up enough, which is also, I feel like a compliment to you that your demos sound the way they do that. You can release them that uh, way. Cause there are a lot of bands <laughs> who I got to say, you definitely don't want to release the demos to your albums. There, there uh-huh. are some bands out there where I, I don't think you're going to sell any copies if you release right. what those songs sounded like before like a producer got their hands on them or they were cleaned oh, up yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I, don't, I think maybe if, if that's true about my songs, it's probably because the guys that were in The Promise Hero in the beginning were so hardworking and so talented and so... Uh, what was the word? They were just so passionate about making music their living, which it still is for Dan Weiss, the original guitarist. What I'm trying to say is they were they took it so seriously that they bought all of the nice equipment and they showed me how how to record it. it I never figured it out. I, I would have never figured it out by myself, but it's because I had so many talented people show me how to demo that maybe I it's become kind of a. Uh, 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 the bar keeps rising, I guess. Maybe I'm like, how can I make these demos sound what I hear in my head? I guess. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out why they might sound good. I feel like that <laughs> if may... They, if they do. I, I like the other thing, yeah, that kind of makes sense too because I get the feeling that you're fairly good or you're getting better at like getting your ideas out of your head because that's the other thing with demos. I think sometimes they just leave a lot to be desired if it ends up being like just, you know, like some rhythm tracks and some really basic mm-hmm. shit. Like, like even, even those demos on there, some of those songs really do just feel like, I mean, just about as produced as any band you would find like with a awesome. studio recording. So, awesome. so yeah, that maybe, on your part, maybe, that's great. You know? And maybe it's cause I, I was the, I, maybe I still am, but I, I was the biggest blink 182 fan ever. And so of course the first thing I did when the internet, when I discovered the internet was look up, Blink-182 demos. <laughs> who else? Who else do I listen to and love that I listen to the demos? And I'm like, wow, their demos sound so close to the actual album. Of course, Blink-182's demos are always 100 BPM faster for some reason. That's they're, true. They're, but uh, it still like sounds like the real band, that the same band that you're listening to on the, the actual album. So maybe that's the bar was set high by all the bands I listened to. And I don't know. I just, I'm doing whatever I can do. And also the more I'm with, with kids at school, the more I'm learning about my own self. And I'm learning that like people ADD, like that. I, I guess I, I think I must have a mild, very mild case. Um, I, I've seen many doctors and I'm still not really sure where I'm at, but 
I learned that people with ADD have this tendency to focus like they they can't focus very long that's that's because that's i mean that's what add is you can't focus long but when they do it's like super focused and i'm and also being engaged is is showing me you know she's my fiance will knock on the door like what are you doing in there i'm like i'm adjusting the settings of my new electric drum set tones for each drum it's like i noticed <laughs> i noticed that i get very very focused and and i, I tweak things for a very long time that makes sense. The attention to detail. Cause those demos, again, they're like a lot of them do. There's, there's more, you know, there's layers to it. You have different things going on. Um, you know, just, just a lot more than just you like with a drum machine and like, you know, throwing some power chords or something over it and like a melody you just kind of came up with. Like they seem more fully realized, you know, but, uh, but, but with the EP, I mean, a second ago, like you were talking about all the great people that you've like played with on the EP itself, like, did you have other people playing? Did you play a bunch of instruments? Like who else was playing on the EP with you? It's it's so hard. I need to figure out an easy way to say it. Maybe I could say <laughs> a lot of people played on these new songs. A lot of people played on it. Um, and they were all, I think three of the songs, maybe I'm just crazy, tearing me up and in the middle. Those three were recorded originally in nashville with will hughes or will pew i'm sorry and and i'm ready and permanent holiday were recorded originally in cleveland with dave Pytech, and those two songs in cleveland were like acoustic uh recordings that i took to nashville with me and I said, can we add drums to these? And we did. And those are the songs that you hear on the EP. It's so crazy how many like things these songs went through. Um, and they come out kind of all sounding sonically the same. <laughs> they actually really do. I, I really wouldn't have uh, guessed that they were all like recorded basically different times with different people and stuff. I would not have uh, guessed that. I feel like it. I feel like it all flows well sonically. Uh, you know, like you, like you can't tell that. But, that was my fir- my first time ever trying anything like that, and I'm so happy with how it came out. At the same time, I was so scared to do that because uh, I just feel like I never really hear hear artists doing that, and I think that actually does happen more than I think it does. But um, I just felt like no, I want to always do one producer at one studio session at one, you know, with one mix mixer, one masters, but. I, I really wanted for my first release under my own name to just be kind of a collection of all my favorite sounds with all my favorite people uh, helping me record it. Nice. And well, I like it too, because as an EP, it is kind of, and if you're going to do it in a way, it's kind of an introduction to you. I mean, you know, if you're, if you're coming in new and I feel like it's a good five song sampler of a little bit of everything that you do. You know, it's like, it's, it's like, okay, I can do this. I can do that. It shows like, I feel like every side of like your songwriting. So it's probably like a good introduction in, uh, in that sense. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, that, that in the middle song where I'm playing piano, uh, oh, that's like, to me, that's, I think my first time playing a real piano on a song and it just, oh, and another thing I started doing was less less demoing holy crap i used to demo the heck out of songs back in the promise hero days 2008 
you could there's like six or seven demo versions of each song <laughs> uh and some of the songs we recorded demos with chris from saves the day we recorded with steve from punchline maybe multiple times the songs and for some reason we just thought that they had to be demoed i don't know why we thought that but now i'm doing less attention to how i just want to do one demo as fast as i can and save all of that original feeling as much as i can from when i write the song i think it's i think Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was, I was just going to say, like, I feel like normally that's better for bands. I was talking to uh, we had a local musician here, Joey Cobra, and he was basically mm-hmm. saying the same thing where it's like you can't overthink it because when you do, you, you just get in your own head and you end up you're throwing things in that don't need to be there. You're overthinking what needs to be there. Like normally the first one or two takes are like normally that's where the best idea is and it's still pure you know it's the original fresh, idea yeah yeah exactly absolutely and there's that thing also called demoitis that i heard about a few different times from a few different people where you love your demo because you listen to it so many times and then you record the actual in the expensive studio version and there's just something about that <laughs> raw demo that you just and that's happened to me so many times that i'm another reason why i'm just like if i demo it i'm just gonna not put too much time into it i don't think that's bad honestly i i feel like i feel like normally actually going back to blink 182 i mean they wrote enema of the state in like two weeks you know i don't think there was a whole lot of going back and like rewriting songs i I don't think a lot of that was happening you know yeah and that's that makes so much sense what you're saying because there it feels like they captured lightning in a bottle with even on the demos, you could feel that that young energy. Yeah, I think I think I mean maybe Enema wouldn't be as good if they spent like six months on it. You know what I mean? Maybe, right. it, maybe it would not have been mm-hmm. the uh, the classic that we all know and love now. So absolutely, and I'm hoping that these songs are are the most I've ever gotten, the closest I could get to that. I know I said that I spent years on these songs, but the actual songwriting part to the studio was pretty fast. And, uh, I didn't, I definitely tried to not touch the demos. (laughs) When you, when you write, do you tend to start on piano or guitar? So I've always picked up a guitar and easily just could figure out the chords that I'm, I'm hearing in my head on, uh, but the piano that becomes more of like a, uh, like a challenge that I, I want to figure out how to do so. When I when I when I walk into the my music room and I look at the guitar and piano, I'm like, let's go to the piano first. And then I usually end up saying, OK, I'm done trying. I'm, I pick up the guitar. So just to maybe even record like a, a five second sound recording on my phone, I, I'll probably use the guitar um, more likely. By, by the sounds of it, then, do you still consider yourself more of a guitarist than than a pianist? That's such a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing, uh, I'm throwing those those curveballs or whatever the hell I I'm guess, trying to say at you. I feel like easier than figuring out which one I'm better at. I feel like to figure out which one I'm worse at might be easier. Uh, <laughs> I I feel like there's so much more on the guitar that I could learn, uh, like as far as textures and and bends and just doing more things that sound technical. But at the same time, my fiance 
Um, and a lot of my friends say, dude, why don't you just play guitar? You're so much better at it. They tell me that, but I don't know. There's something about the piano that I just feel like I'm blowing my mind every time I sit down at it. Like, wow, I could do this a little bit better today. I see the, the, um, how much I'm, I, the productivity, I see that on the piano a lot more than I feel it on the guitar. Well, that makes sense too. Cause you, I mean, you've been playing guitar a lot longer than piano too, right? Right. Absolutely. That's my seventh grade. My actually, no, my brother got his first guitar for his bar mitzvah. So he was 13. That makes me, I was nine and I picked up his guitar and I haven't really let go of it. I have his guitar still at my house. See to me, that makes sense then because I'm sure you had those feelings on guitar when you were like younger in the beginning, but I feel like you've played it so long now that it makes sense that later on you're like picking up something else and it feels fresh again. So I totally see where you're like, you know what I mean? Like you'd want to keep playing the piano for that and Uh, more gratifying. (laughs) I'm going to get off the phone with you and I want to tell Toby that I feel like I just got off the phone with my therapist because you're helping me. You're helping me realize these things. And I I don't get, I don't, I guess you're making me realize that um, I don't talk to musicians as, as much as I'd like to and other people that just kind of think about music. And um, it's, it's just nice to hear that and, and kind of hear back. Oh yeah, maybe I am a better guitarist, you know, because, um, I like to say that I'm a good pianist just because I could play better today than I did yesterday. It's like, oh yeah, I'm amazing, but don't compare me to anyone else. <laughs> no, I, I, dude, I feel, I feel <laughs> the same way. I played bass for years, and after a while, I, I mean, I always knew power chords, but like, I started just learning chords and like very basic things on guitar. And even though I'm not, you know, I wasn't good at it and I'm much better at bass. It's like, well, this is new though. This is fresh. Like I don't give a shit about bass. I've been taking lessons for five years or whatever. It's like, this isn't, you know, you don't, I think after a while you don't feel that anymore. It's just the norm. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh yeah, this thing, the thing I've been playing for, like you said, since you were, you know, a child, like I can, I can totally see that, you know, it's a new, it's a new musical challenge in a way, you know? Yeah. Any lessons or is it all like, have you just been going just like self-taught the whole time i would love to say that i'm self-taught but i've watched so many videos on youtube i feel like it's not fair to say that i taught myself i've watched there's a guy named piano john i think that's his youtube handle they're like 90s style looking home videos that he uploaded to youtube (laughs) and he plays all of the beatles song that's that's where i learned martha my dear that i've been playing that song on the piano and, and amazing people people are like whoa you know the piano i'm like i just watched piano john's video and i could hit pause you know i could pause it and look at his fingers um and that's another thing the pandemic has allowed me to do is my fiance does circles around me on the piano with uh, a re- sight reading like even if it's just a like a guitar piano book that has the chord names over the lyrics like she does that and sings and reads the chords at the same time i don't know how she does it but i can only do one or the other and i usually just get lost so I've been doing a lot more to to learn how to actually read music and and just dipping my toe into reading notes on a, a note sheet or a, you know music sheet. I, I think it'll pay off. I, I I've let it go. I in college I could sight read decently, but I know I, I started just sight reading uh, the bass clef. But like when I started doing piano, yeah, I don't know how the hell people can read both of them at once. Start when it becomes chords too. Like I can play bass, I can read bass notes on there where I'm playing one note at a time. But mm. I ref- I cannot put together uh-huh. a chord in that. <laughs> Screw that. 
screw yeah. that. And then there's people, if there's anybody listening to this right now that knows how to read chords and notes and sing at the same time, they're probably like, okay, these guys suck. We don't, you know? Oh, like, exa- oh 100%. Those people, those pe- 100%. So <laughs> people are rolling their eyes at this right now. They either don't know what the hell we're talking about or they're rolling their eyes going, fucking newbies. <laughs> So I, I like talking about where I'm at because I feel very uh, accomplished to, I mean, okay, here's one thing that I do feel because I get to go on tour with these bigger bands as a roadie, I get to go on stage and if there's a little keyboard on stage, there's still sometimes if it's a festival, there are a hundred people just kind of sitting in front of a stage waiting for the band to go on. I've had so many moments on stages that I was probably not allowed to play the instrument because I'm not the artist, but I'd be sound checking and I'd two little doodles here and there. And I got to the point I've been on stage so many times as a roadie doing these doodles that people are like, Whoa, you're really good. And because there's so many people watching me, my confidence builds up. I just feel like I had this lucky opportunity to kind of like, no, I'm not that good, but I know that I could play in a way that people think it sounds good. And I I feel like I only had that opportunity because I work so hard as a roadie. (laughs) (laughs) That I, I mean that I, I will tell you, I mean, hearing your piano playing, you definitely, uh, I mean, you're not bad, man. You, you can, you can work your way around a piano. I mean, you can, even if you're faking it, even if you're faking it all, you, uh, you do it quite well. So that, Thank you. that's impressive that, uh, I guess I, maybe we talked about this last time we probably did. And I, and I didn't know you, or you, you said last time you weren't, you were kind of more new to piano, but yeah, mm. I mean, the fact that that yeah, it's more of a quote unquote newer compared to how long you've been playing guitar. Uh, yeah, I mm. think I think you've uh, you've adapted over there pretty well. And you kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but like during COVID, how's it been for your creativity songwriting wise? I mean, is it has it been? I, I ask people <laughs> this, and it's either really good or really bad. I get I get both answers, so I always got to ask. I feel like my creativity has been pretty good for many years because um, I feel like I I have systems that apply not just to writing songs, but my systems also apply to cleaning the house. And they also apply to like uh, anything, chores, anything that I have to do. It's just that when I get bored and I feel like I'm not doing good at something, my system is stop. And is there anything else I could do that's related to this? If not, then I tried move on to the next thing. And that's what I do with songwriting. I, I pick up the guitar and I'm like, I want to write a song today, or I just wrote a song yesterday. Let's work on it some more. If I get nothing out, I try not to, to get mad. I try to just either play a different song or I have, a, I bought an electric drum set. I got piano, I got guitar. So I feel like there's so many toys around me and with a mixing board and it, and just, I just try to not give up and just kind of, occupy myself with something else is this... with that being with that being said i've been writing kid songs <laughs> nice nice i feel I like you'd be good at song. that it has to do with being a substitute teacher and then my fiance has a, the cutest niece and nephew that um i want to it's like i know what it's like to write rock songs and ha- hear people sing them back to me but it's like what would it be like to have this cute little niece and nephew sing a song about washing their hands because that in that moment when they're over, it's like, they're so adorable, but what would it be like to help educate them and rock out with them? So that kind of sparked my interest. I told Mike Collins, maybe I could write a kid's EP or something. And I think he changed the subject pretty fast, but 
But that, I'm not giving up. Giving I'm not giving up on that yet. <laughs> I think that's awesome. And also, kind of going back to a second ago, we we're like talking about piano and it being, you know, like like those those little feats that you get over learning those little things, the gratification mm-hmm. of it. I could see that, like with the children's thing, because that's a challenge in itself for songwriting. Like you, I'm sure you've never, I'm sure you haven't really written children's songs before. So this is like mm-hmm. a whole new kind of like a section of your songwriting you've never explored. So I feel like this could be quite, quite, you know, gratifying, just like Absolutely. piano in that way. There's so many uh, times that people have told me Promise Hero sounds like a mix between the coolest rock band and the the, the most dumb sounding children's band. There's, I've gotten so many mixed things that I'm like, I could write a really cool kid song just because I've, I've had the back and forth that I've I, I'm not offended because I get so many good compliments about the being cool sometimes like, you know, like this is a cool rock song, but sometimes I hear people say, you sound like Nickelodeon that I, I'd like to take the best of both ideas and I just, (laughs) just have fun with it. Nothing wrong with that. I think, I think that's awesome. I would be, I would be intrigued to, uh, to hear these. I I would love to hear uh, what that sounds like. I, I think you do a really good job writing a kid, like kids music. Yeah, I've got a song about uh, getting dressed for school. I've got a song about washing your hands. What else do I have? Um, my niece, or you know, my fiance's niece, we're gonna get married. She'll be my niece. She wants a song about um, fire drills and tooting. <laughs> and, and tooting is her word for farting. If you don't, it's, it's a new, it's new to my vocabulary. I like it. I like the word toot. I think I might stick with that the rest of my life. It's a good word. It's a good it's a good word. And I like that you're getting requests too for topics. I that's, like that. That that makes it a lot easier too. It's like I don't know if I could actually come up with anything on my own. Also, Just because like there's so many you know, I don't even know where to start. Well, also I feel like that's a good sign too, because kids I feel like would be harder to get their attention and interested. So if you have mm-hmm. them requesting it, I feel like yeah. it's been it, it's had to be somewhat successful, like what you've showed them already and stuff. Cause it's like I don't think it's super easy. And plus, I think kids are pretty <laughs> candid. I, th- I feel like they let you know if something was bad. I don't. I don't feel like they have that filter to be to pretend to like something. All of everything you're saying that is absolutely part of why I'm I, I'm even thinking about it. <laughs> it's just too easy. It's just like right in front of me. They're available, you know. So I, I love that idea. That that is really that's cool. I'm I'm uh, excited to see where you uh, go on that. For the, if Mike if Mike Hollins has anything to do with it, you might not see anything <laughs> going on. We'll see. We'll get the demos of it at least. Maybe. I'm... <laughs> but uh, on the new EP, I mean, what were uh, what were some influences? Would you say you throw a few uh, you know artists who kind of influenced you on these songs? I know you've written them throughout different times, so it all may be different. But uh, I mean, were there were there a few artists that maybe influenced some of these songs? I want to say that I came up with all of these songs without thinking about any artists, but I can't. That's not true. Um, I definitely was on the road to Shaky, Shaky Graves so much uh, around the time of writing these songs that I there has to be like you have there has to be a little bit of him in there somewhere. Um, he he has like a lot of like folky harmonies and they're so beautiful. I think I might have tried to capture some of that in in the middle with those harmonies. And, um, just the, his, his band is very real. There's no, you don't hear any, uh, fake instruments on his, 
you know, I mean, you might hear like some cool Beatles sounding synths and stuff like that on his um, last release, but but that inspired me to really um, respect, but really want to also have real sounding instruments, just being around it and seeing talented musicians all day, every day. Um, of course, Andrew McMahon is a guy that I got to be a roadie for. And so piano has been up front for me now, just to know how much, to see how much dynamic he uses on his songs and wanting to, to be able to, to replicate that in my own way. So it's funny that like a lot of my influences come from the artists that I work with, but I just feel <laughs> like I I got to see them inside out and I could really get to see where they're coming from. And, and I, I feel so inspired by every element of their, their career, you know, from a lot of these people are just really good hearted people that it makes sense why they're so successful. So even just their personality inspires me to want to, to try to be nice, just, you know, help, help each other and just be a nice, I don't know, nice guy. When I, when someone's being nice to me first, you know, be nice back. No, that, so, that that's totally smart. Absolutely. And then that just kind of leaves a lasting impression when it, when I pick up my instruments, you know, I'm thinking about the bands that I like listening to, but I'm, I'm really thinking about who I was hanging out with the month before when I was working for them. Like, Oh yeah. You know, they were playing that chord. How did that chord go? So that's, a little bit of everything. <laughs> I th- I mean, I think it's smart on your part to do that and take advantage of that when you're, when you're working on that side, because you're getting something out of it. You know, like you were talking earlier, the, the balance of, you know, kind of catering to them and what you need to do there versus, you know, your own music and what you're doing. But that mm-hmm. does sound like you're getting something out of it. And it makes sense, too, because, I mean, you've worked with all those guys. I mean, have done pretty damn well for themselves. So, I mean, I think if you're going to, like, model yourself after someone or kind of look what look at what they're doing, I mean, mm-hmm. I think guys like that would be, you know, would be the ones to look at. You know, I mean, yeah. their, their careers are doing well. Like, you know, it, it, it's kind of like, don't take advice. Like, I'm not taking marriage advice from someone who's been divorced seven times, but I would probably right. take music, you know, like, I'd take career advice from the guy who's, you know, playing arenas or has been in, you know, like, three successful bands. You know, I mean, Andrew McMahon's been, like, everything he's ever done has, uh, I think, gotten some mainstream success and, you know, has done quite well. So, yeah, not not bad guys to model after. Especially starting from the bottom, all, all of these guys. Jakey Graves was in uh, his own little van touring by himself, just playing coffee shops. He actually played in Cleveland at, at, at Mahal's. Not oh, even that shit. much. Yeah, he played there, and then I think he started blowing up immediately after his Mahal's gig, and that's when I got invited to tour with him. So it happened so fast for him, and and, same, and I know Andrew McMahon started as a small band too, so it just feels real. It feels so real. And that makes me feel like, well, if they're real and they go through real life things, then maybe I have a chance to, if I, if I look up to what they've done and, and how they handle things. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, absolutely. And you're, uh, yeah. Bringing up Mahal's and grog shop earlier and everything <laughs> I'm missing. I miss shows in Cleveland. I think, uh, more than anywhere else, some of the best venues and it's a great excuse to get Waffle House on the way home. It's a it's always a fun <laughs> it's a fun trip through uh through Ohio and Pennsylvania on the way home. You guys have some of the best venues. So uh I'm missing the hell out of that. When yeah. I mean when things come back, I mean is that is that the plan? Do some uh you know, play out, do live shows and stuff when that when that can happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. I uh I've worked with a booking agent um and I've been messaging him kind of knocking on the door saying, "Hi, can I go on tour?" <laughs> can you help me? Do you know anybody? And 
and he's in a band too. Um, and so like, I'm asking, can I, you know, do you have any, do you have any shows coming? I'm like asking him anything that could, uh, just help me figure out my situation. Just cause I don't, if I was to book anything on my own, I don't even know where to start. I'd probably ask you what's the name of that venue in Erie again. Maybe I'll start. <laughs> Basement transmissions. Exactly. Shout out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's definitely on my list. If I, if I had a chance to uh, pick out a place right now to, to look into, but, um, so I'm starting with the garage shop hitting me up about a couple small gigs in Cleveland. Nice. Actually, there's there's one next week. It's May 20. Is it next week? I'm so bad at this. Why am I? I should have written it down. I think it's May 27th. It's a Thursday at the garage shop. I'm uh, I'm planning right now. I told you about how I've been experimenting during the pandemic with a looper pedal mic'd into a cajon and playing the piano and, and guitar while I, I set these beats up. Um, that right now that's my plan. And that's for a show next week. I think it's next week. I should look at a calendar. If you, but, um, I, I'm looking at one on here. If it's the 27th and that is a Thursday, it's two weeks from uh, now. Two weeks. Yes. Good. I could use a little more time. And now, now are those, are tickets still like available? Cause this will come out Monday. So, I mean, we, we can okay. like plug this if, it, if there's like tickets and stuff still available. Absolutely. Yeah. So tickets are still available. I know it's limited. So if anyone's thinking about it, they should check out the website and pick up their, I think it's in tables. You, you buy a ticket and it gets you a whole little table and the food is there's going to be food provided. It's like a series they're doing once a week, every Thursday from a local restaurant. That night we have Gigi's on Fairmont, which is my next door neighbor in Cleveland Heights. <laughs> um, and their food is insane. So I'm so like, I'm honored and I'm, excited that i get to be part of this garage shop uh one time event evening um yeah that's gonna be fun i mean that that is another one we're talking i mean they have amazing venues up there and grog shop has to be if it's not the best one it's it's one of the best ones so i mean that that's great and it's great that they could stay open too that's the other thing that really sucks at the end of this is not only finding venues to play but like what one's you know, end up still being open when, when everything is over, you know, very, very shitty part of it all. So it's good to see that the grog's still like going strong and and doing things and stuff. And, uh, I mean, a great place to play too. That, that, that's rad on, uh, your part. There's, there's good, you're in a good area for venues is what I'm saying. You have very good venues. I'm so honored and that I'm honored that they asked me. I'm so grateful that, uh, I have all these venues, Mahal's, uh, grog shop, Beachland ballroom. Um, crap, I'm forgetting some of them, but they all kind of band together to uh, support each other, and they were all uh, promoting events where you could go to their their venue and buy merchandise of theirs, or just even local other merchandise. They were they were on it for the whole pandemic, sticking together, and and uh, it was inspiring seeing that and thinking like, well, what can I do <laughs> to help? <laughs> you know, my fellow musicians or even the venue. So, um, it was, yeah, it's, it was really cool to watch. And it's very sad to see other venues around the country close and yeah, it's a weird, weird thing. It will. I mean, it really will. That'll be one of those things where, yeah, like when shows are back and stuff, including for like, like you who, you know, I mean, you've played around and, and you know, venues around the country and to be like, Oh, is that one still like, is that one still open? You know, it's kind of like, it sucks, but it's like, guess you find out, you know? Yeah. You just don't absolutely. know. But, uh, you know, what have you, what have you been listening to lately? Get into that for a second. Toby is kind of, um, 
inspiring me lately with the music that she's listening to. Um, just because I've been kind of sea shanties. Yeah, sea shanties. Sea shanties. Yeah. Um, a lot. Of, she's right, though. Do you feel like those will bleed into the influence of the next Bobby Vaughn uh, release, the sea shanties? <laughs> I think I actually even had a couple songs, maybe on on the Promise Hero Deja Vu, that felt a little piratey. Um, <laughs> the song itself, Deja Vu, is a little. Uh, people kind of hold a glass and show me that it makes them want to kind of do one of those swinging pirate dances. There is a swing to that, actually. That that guitar in the beginning. There is kind of like that little swing, whatever you're doing on there. <laughs> so. I, I do feel drawn to that style of sea shanty. I knew there there was something there that was like making me happy. <laughs> um, but there is something about that. Maybe there's a correlation with, with sea shanty and like Hebrew music, like growing up in temples and my bar mitzvah and, and uh, going to Sunday school and Friday night services. I always had so much fun listening to um, the Hebrew songs which also have like a swing and like a minor key and something about that. So it's funny that we're just joking about sea shanties, but I actually <laughs> do find it nice, nice music to kind of get inspired by sometimes. Damn. That's kind of cool. I mean, it's different. You know what I mean? It's different. Like that's kind of cool. You like derive, you know, like, like things from different, you know, music you may not expect like different genres and stuff. That, 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 I don't know. It's kind of cool. Musicals. I love musicals too. My, if my brother was listening to this, which I, I think he might be, um justin might be rolling his eyes right now uh <laughs> because you ask him about music he'll probably list off every cool artist that's out today and his opinion and what he's been listening to his whole life and it's just for me it's like i like the newsies musical like <laughs> i like i like a lot of disney stuff but um just band wise there's just not uh uh there, there's just so many bands that i'm that i people that I know that releases music that I just I'm inspired by all the time. I'm just trying to think of one that maybe put something out recently. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, Nope. can't do it. <laughs> it's all, Hey, that, that's the fair, that's a fair answer. I asked you what you're listening to that. The, you know, that's what you're listening to. <laughs> <laughs> like if you, if I put on your playlist, I will sit there and enjoy it and, and maybe even pick up my guitar and be like, yes, all of these songs are, something that i could find myself hearing a, a tune in, in any song and, and just like enjoying it um and i think maybe being engaged is something that that has allowed me to really uh not take a back seat but like just kind of listen be a better listener as far as um hearing any song come up on a playlist and and wanting to explore it for what i might find enjoyable no, that, that's cool. And I think also, I mean, as a musician, you can start picking things out. You start listening. And like you were talking about, like these these influences coming from places you may not expect. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's all music. So, I mean, you kind of start picking different things out that can apply to your own music, maybe things you never mm-hmm. think of. So it, I think it's better to be that way than just like, I like this one thing and this one thing only. <laughs> probably the worst answer you ever have gotten i'm sure every other person you've ever talked to has no like, no one oh, has yeah. ever no you know what i've learned about that question <laughs> i always think someone's about to just spout off like five bands no one ever can 
Okay. So good. no. I feel better now. I, I, I honestly always thought that would be a question where it's just like a gimme. Like it's just something uh, you ask at the end because it's like, yeah, like this, this, and this. No, no one can think of it. But you know what, though? I don't know if I could. If you asked me the same question, I'd probably end up doing the same thing. I'd be like, oh, I got to think. So Well, maybe maybe also I'm, now I'm thinking, well, maybe I don't do enough of enough uh, talking to people. Again, remember how I mentioned, like, I wish I had more people to just kind of ask what they're playing on their, you know, sound system or what, what guitar are they even touching or thinking about um, purchasing chords and and just piano so it's like i don't i should do more of that and you're making me realize that right <laughs> this whole this whole episode is a is a revelation of sorts absolutely <laughs> but uh you know so i mean live music coming back we talked about that i mean anything else like what's what's next for you like what you what would you like to uh kind of do with the with the music i guess you know as, as you know, as you go on from here, I mean, again, too, I also, I, I didn't say it earlier, but I mean, happy release day yesterday, Thank you, you. you know, you put out the new EP and everything. So, I mean, where do you go from here? Where would you like to go next? Well, I think we're going to, uh, Mike Hollins at TDR records is going to continue working together, um, to push each song individually, music videos, probably hoping for each song. Um, and then touring, Hopefully tour dates as soon as that starts becoming more of a normal thing. Um, definitely Cleveland shows. And in the back of my head, I'm planning out the next release. I'm hoping it would be an album, but if nothing else, then some singles along the way. Nice. And you know, where can people find you where they go check out the music, all, all that good stuff. Uh, just search my name, Bobby Vaughn, on, on Spotify or anywhere you listen to music. But um, if you're thinking about buying the, the vinyl of my new EP, you could get that at tdrrecords.com. Nice, nice. Yeah, go go get the record. Go support uh, Bobby. Go support Mike Collins and TDR. Uh, I mean, everyone, everyone within this operation are uh, all very good people and putting out good stuff. So we are going to actually – we're going to play one. We are going to – we will kick it off with maybe I'm just crazy. I feel like it's a good opener. And then we'll get into – we'll play like a bunch of other songs off the EP. Basically half the EP we will play. But uh, awesome. we'll, we'll kick it off right now with maybe I'm just crazy right here on the Power Chord Hour. It feels like things are always falling apart like a sandcastle in water. And as the ocean keeps retreating from shore – it's sucked under the current I want to satisfy you I can't do what you want on me to And if you doubt that I stick through Well, I will until you tell me to Maybe I'm just crazy But I think you hate me All I know is lately Feels like time is wasting 
to hit the road I'm ready to go where it goes Not stopping till I hit the west coast There's something there that feels like home
right here on the Power Chord Hour podcast. That was Bobby Vaughn with Tearing Me Up. Before that was I'm Ready, and opening up that block of music was Maybe I'm Just Crazy. You can find all three of those on Bobby Vaughn's new self-titled debut EP. It is out now on TDR Records. Like he said, you can go find at Spotify, uh, iTunes, anywhere you get your uh, digital music. And if you want to go grab that on vinyl, you can from TDR Records. Just go to tdrrecords.com. And, uh, you know, Mike Holland's great dude who runs TDR and uh, Bobby as well. Bobby is also a great dude. And, you know, like we talked about in the beginning, we had him on back in 2017. Crazy to think that was, uh, I think we're almost hitting four years. He came on in like the summer. I know it is kind of the summer, but it's like the beginning of summer now. I think he was on in like July of uh, 2017 and uh, just had a really, really fun time. That was a great night, too, what he was uh, talking about there when uh, we were hanging out at a B-side and up at the grog shop. I remember I went up there uh, as well to go see Tommy Stinson play that uh, night. So it was really fun go see Tommy Stinson and then go hang out with uh, Bobby over there. And uh, I-, I talk about all the time how much I love the grog shop on here. Just getting to screw around and hang out and everything was a great time. And uh, Bobby's Bobby's a great dude. And uh, way back, I mean, if you haven't ever checked out The Promise Hero Definitely go check it out. If you like what he's doing now, I think you'll be a fan of uh, what he did with the Promise Hero. But uh, there's tons of it. There's a huge back catalog there to go check out. Again, through TDR Records. So, uh, you know, go find, go get Bobby Vaughn's new EP. Start there. And if you like what you hear, don't worry. You have, I mean, the Promise Hero, a couple EPs, a couple full lengths. Like we were talking about, a bunch of demos out there. And uh, I also believe some singles. And he has a holiday song, if I can, uh, if I'm remembering that correctly. But a bunch of stuff to go check out. So, so very cool. And I always like that. I mean, if you're if you're a fan of a artist or a band and you never heard them before, it's always rad. And there's a bunch of uh, cool stuff to go back and check out. And that is definitely the case with uh, Bobby. So uh, go support him. Go support TDR Records. And uh, thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Power Core Hour podcast. My apologies for the two week break. That uh, was never my plan. Uh, the first week I had a uh, guest cancel and I was kind of like, okay, well, we'll get back to it next week. And then I uh, had some family stuff come up and it just made it hard to, uh, you know, get around to uh, doing the guest or anything. We did the radio show, the radio show, we didn't take a break, but uh, yeah, I didn't mean to take, I definitely did not mean to uh, take the two week break that we did from the uh, podcast, but I am back. Thank you for, uh, for uh, holding on for those two weeks. And, uh, I mean, we're, we're back now and, uh, new ones every week I got next week. I know I always hate saying this. I'm always like, don't jinx yourself. Don't announce something, um, too early, but I do believe next week will be our top five, uh, alkaline trio songs. Um, I just text as, as I'm uh, recording this, just, just before uh, getting on the phone with Bobby, I was texting Kyle and Zach and seeing uh, if next week would be good to do the Alkaline Trio episode. And I'm pretty sure everyone said yes. So more than likely, next week's episode will be Top 5 Alkaline Trio songs. But uh, either way, we'll have a new one for you next week. And uh, I'm very excited for that. So again, sorry for the little break, but we're back. Thank you so much for checking out uh, episode. This is 62 of the Power Chord Hour podcast. And uh, if you want to stay connected with the show, we're all over online at Power Chord Hour on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. We're uh, on Spotify. Not only is the podcast there, but we also put up playlists from the radio show every week. And that is uh, just search Power Chord Hour. I think it's two separate things. I mean, if you look on there, you'll find the podcast. We have like our own account that I put the playlists up every week. There's uh, one from this week 
that I did, or really technically, if you're listening to this Monday from uh, last Friday night. But I put those up. You can check out all the music that I play on the radio show. And there's a lot of it. That's a two-hour radio show, so I can fit a lot of uh, nice, fast stuff in there. That's on Spotify. Follow us if you would on Spotify. I know you can follow our account and uh, go check out hundreds of playlists. Uh, podcast everywhere you get your podcast, wherever you're listening to this. I assume I assume you found the podcast if you're listening to the podcast right now. But uh, yeah, so that may not be an issue, but you can find that anywhere you get your pods. And uh, hit me up, powercordhour at gmail.com. I got free Power Chord Hour stickers I'd love to send out to you. And uh, yeah, just hit me up and uh, subscribe, rate and review the uh, podcast on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever the hell you can uh, rate and review the uh, podcast. I would appreciate that and is a huge help to the show. And uh, that's why I always ask of it. Sometimes I feel like it's just annoying. Like I know I always at like rate and review, but uh, you know, I hate to say it. I know everyone says that every, every host of a podcast says it. Yes, it gets fucking annoying, but what I have learned is it does actually help. So I'm going to be fucking annoying and uh, ask you all, I'm going to pander here and beg and plead, go, uh, go. I, I won't go that far. I'm not getting on my knees for you. I'm uh, I'm sitting here as I'm as I'm begging and pleading, but uh, yeah, go rate and review the show. It w- it would help, and I would appreciate it. But tune back in next week and check out the radio show. I keep we have so much stuff to plug in the radio show every Friday night on 107.9 WRFA in good old Jamestown, New York. And if you are not here in the Jamestown listening area, you can check it out on uh, the website wrfalp.com. You can stream the radio station there, so you can check us out every Friday night. And uh, I really do appreciate it. So until next week for the Power Court Hour, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thanks for listening.